Good morning. Happy New Year. Welcome to our third holiday service. <laughs> um, it's been an interesting couple of weeks of, of different dates and such, but we're so happy that you're here to begin the year worshiping the Lord with us at Glenlock. And um, we just have a few announcements as we get started. Um, first announcement, so I don't forget, we are taking up Lottie Moon offering this month. So at the end of each service, uh, there'll be people in the back to take up a special offering um, that'll go to Lottie Moon that goes to missions. And so if you feel led, that'll be available throughout, um, throughout January. Um, tonight, there will be no services um, here at, at the church. We'll start back our normal Wednesday night schedule this Wednesday. And uh, just so you all remember, we are shifting the times a little bit for Wednesday nights. That'll start at 6.15 um, for students, kids, and adults, all will be at 6.15 starting this Wednesday night. Um, if you have a kid or a student who hasn't been involved in, our, in what we offer on Wednesday nights, this is a great opportunity to jump in and uh, to be a part of that. Um, but we're looking forward to starting those back on, on this Wednesday um, at 6.15. Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock is the David Jeremiah study uh, led by the Waynes. And so if you're interested in a different midweek um, Bible study or you want to go to all of them, that one's available um, on Tuesday nights at 6. You can see the Waynes if you have any questions about that. Um, and then a couple, of, uh, a couple of big things coming up. One is the young adult. Uh, the first gathering of the year for our young adult ministry is J uh, Friday, January the 13th at 6.30. Um, and so if you have never come to that, you are invited to come to that. And um, if you have any questions about any other services, please let us know, and you can go to our website. Um, most of everything is lifted on, listed on there, but I do have cards in the back um, that have big upcoming dates for students and kids. So if, you have a if you're a parent and you'd like to know when camp is, when D-Now is, when all those things are happening for this uh, beginning part of the year. It'll be here before we know it. Just grab one of those cards. That way you have the date um, that you can set. Other than that, um, this morning, let's stand together and we're going to pray and then we're going to worship the Lord together this morning. Dear Lord, we are just so thankful to be able to come together and worship you to begin the year. And uh, Lord, as we think about the, the movement from one year to the next, Lord, we, we look and we see that you are still faithful, Lord, that you are still in control, Lord, that you are still working and moving and acting your will out through our lives, Lord, and just I just pray that we would continue to, to look to you for strength and for guidance, Lord, that you would continue to stir our hearts towards worship and... Um, Lord, that as we look forward to this year, that we would know that you are near to us, as we're going to talk about this morning, Lord, that you are present with us, Lord, that you are a, a, a Savior, Lord, who dwells with his people. And so, Lord, as we worship this morning, I pray that you would just set our hearts on you, Lord, that, you, that your spirit would, would move and work in our lives so that we would come together as a body of Christ just to, to lift you up in praise, Lord, that this service would be about you and your glory and your majesty and your honor above all other things. 
Lord, allow our hearts, Lord, just to be filled with the knowledge and the understanding of your grace and your love for us. Lord, may we, may we leave overwhelmed by just how wonderful and, and mighty you are, Lord, and that that would transform our lives to live in honor of you each and every day. Lord, as we start our year in worship, may it be a launching point for our hearts, Lord, just to be full of worship and to be full of, of love for you each and every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. I wasn't exactly sure what Neil was going to preach on this morning, and normally I try to line it up, but I kind of made up my mind that I was going to pick all the songs that made me feel closest to God. So that's what we've got, and it just ended up lining up pretty perfectly, which is no coincidence. That's just God's hand at work. So as we begin worship this morning, um, that's my prayer, that these songs will just make us all feel closer to God as we start our new year out. Continue worshiping with blessed assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is Now first time. 
may be seated. Mr. Jeff's going to come with our reading for today. Good morning. Good morning. And happy new year. You hear that a lot today and tomorrow. All right, so we're going to be reading uh, chapter 2 of the uh, book of Matthew, verses 1 through 12. I think you all know this story. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard, heard it, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he began to inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And I, lo I love what Micah wrote here. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judea, are by no means among the leaders, least among the leaders of Judea. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And thank God he shepherds us too. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and ascertained from them the time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. And when you have found him, report to me that I too may come and worship him. And having heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And they came into the house and saw the child with mother, Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him and opened their treasures. They presented him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we, I want to thank you for your word, not only the word I've got here before me, but the living word, your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that we made it through a, another year. Look forward to a new year, Lord. Like your word says, we're new creatures, Lord, and we've got a lot of prayer requests and a lot of things we need from you, but you're a God that provides, and you gave us the best gift of all. You sacrificed your son for our sins, and we thank you for that. And We just ask you to be in this congregation today. Bless this service today. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak through Neil, and ask you to bless all the churches around the world that are spreading the true gospel, Lord. That's, that's what this world needs. We just thank you and praise you and lay it upon our hearts to even if it's just a few minutes in the coming year, to just open your word and read it. And Holy Spirit, we need you to open these words up to us and help us understand them. And we just look forward to another year of praise and worshiping you every day. Most of all, I want to thank you for my salvation. Thank you for the love that you've given me and the grace that is beyond measure. And it's all the many blessings you've given us, Lord. And most of all, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. In his name I pray, amen. amen. Stand, stand together, we'll worship again before we have our sermon.
Father God, Lord, will you just open our hearts and clear our minds and set our focus only to you, God, in this um, next half hour that we get to hear from your word, God. Lord, may we be reminded that you're going to be with us each step of the way, God. Lord, um, that is our blessed assurance with you, God. Lord, I know that you're here with us, Lord, and I just pray that you make your presence known, Lord, and that you will have your way um, in each one of our lives and our hearts, God, as we just kind of press a reset button for the next year. Lord, be with Pastor Neil. As he comes and brings your message, we just love you and praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
Children are going, Miss Terry, in the back for a children's shirt. Amen. Thank you, Catherine. Yes, children leave. Hey, let's uh, rest of us turn to, well, the main text is going to be Romans chapter 10. But before we get there, I want to connect some things from Genesis chapter 3, which is where we were last Sunday morning, Christmas Sunday morning. We were looking at how Genesis 3 uh, teaches us about the gift of the gospel, the gift of Jesus, and we looked at the necessity of the gift that is Christ and God's grace through him. We looked at the nature of that gift. Well, if you know me well, I never got to the third point last Sunday, and it drove me crazy. <laughs> so what I want to drive home today is not only is the gift necessary, not only is the gift in its nature, so unique and powerful. But what I really want to drive home this morning is the nearness and the availability of all that God has for us in Christ is here and it's now and it's relevant. And I do not want us to miss the power of the gift of Christ and His ability not only to save us, but to work in our lives on a daily basis as we ultimately make our way to our eternal home. So another year has passed, and here we are on New Year's Day. So what I want to point out in Genesis chapter 3, let's just look at verse 22. Now, I'm driving Tammy crazy back there. She doesn't have to put that on the screen. I'll just read it. Here's what I want to draw from that. Isn't it incredible how the songs this morning really spoke to what I want to say? He walks with me. He talks with me. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And see, I talked last week about how this is a broken, unpredictable world. But isn't it wonderful that it's still very possible for us to live with faith and with hope and with love? It's all still here. It's all still available. And that to me is amazing because that's... That's gracious from God. And so following the pronouncement to Adam and Eve in the garden of the seed of the woman who would crush the head of Satan, and we talked about the necessity of that. And then, and then the nature of that gift, how it's sacrificial and it's sufficient and, and how Jesus was all of that. And God pictured that in, in the sacrifice that he made of, of that animal. He covered Adam and Eve. And then, and then Adam names his wife Eve, which was an expression of, of personal faith. Personal faith in what God had, had said to them. And, and then in verse 22, here's a very interesting statement. This is what got me moving in the direction we're going today. Okay, so stay, stay with me here. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. Like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now lest he stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out. At the east of the Garden of Eden he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Then in chapter 4, of course, the man now has relations with his wife Eve. But here's the point. 
God is an us, and we are created in his image. Who is, in verse 22, who is God talking to? This has happened. He's clothed Adam and Eve with these garments. And then he says, behold, the man has become like one of us. Who is he commenting to? Who is he turning and saying that to? Who is, who is the us that's in the booth that is looking down at what is unfolding? Now, the analogy I'm going to use is a lot of you probably watched a lot of college football yesterday. And a lot of us thought about turning it off. Then a lot of us were glad that we didn't. But one of the most difficult things of watching college football or any sporting event for that matter is the commentary from the guys in the booth who are watching the game and we are listening to them commenting on the game. And it's so second nature to us that we don't even question it anymore. And sometimes it's very frustrating. We don't like their comments. We don't agree with their comments. Their comments are one-sided. But here's the point. We are watching an event, and we are watching people commenting on an event, and we are hearing their conversation. Now, Adam and Eve have just sinned, and God has just given them grace. And then God comments, as a commentator would, to these other people in the booth, and he says, they have now become like us. Who is the us? We have here God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, co-equal, co-eternal. Now what in the world does that have to, what does that have to do with you and me in 2023? Day one. Is it the fact that God is an us brings the gift of Jesus and everything that he promised in Genesis chapter 3 up close and personal for us now. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God came near to us in Christ. And everything that God promises and everything that God has is still available to us in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of the risen and living Son. And as God the Father is sovereign over all of this, the us makes the gift near to us on a daily, regular basis. That's the point I'm trying to drive home. And Todd heard this speech a hundred times over one night in Bethlehem. That the risen Christ, look, what happened in Bethlehem is not locked in the past. And what was promised in the garden is not locked even further. But it's all still available to us today. What a gift. That is amazing to me. That's grace, the grace of a daily walk and the, near, the nearness of the gift to us. And I, I don't want us to miss the nearness of the gift. And that's, that's the point. So let's turn to Romans 10, which I advertised earlier. How does the gift come near to us now? you got these wonderful promises. God is near to the brokenhearted. He's near to the brokenhearted. You've got this comment about the incarnation God the word became flesh and dwelt among us he is Emmanuel God with us 
Romans chapter 10 is one of those passages that tells us about the nearness of the gift of grace through Jesus and what he's done. So that's what I want to read, and I'm going to make some comments on it. I'll be, you're like, we do that on a weekly basis. We listen to your commentary on the word, right? All right, Romans chapter 10, now verse 1. Listen to what Paul says. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is for them is for their salvation. He's sharing his heart. Then he says, For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but it's not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness... They did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. But the righteousness based on faith speaks thus. And then then he begins to to diagnose those who are are, are non-believers. And in fact, he says to all of us, Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What does the word say? Look at verse 8. The word is near you. The word is near you. It's in your mouth. And it's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. What is the word of faith? That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So everything that God promised and planned in eternity past is available, listen, in the here and now. In this very moment through the living, abiding word of God. That's the work of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all together at the same time for you and me sitting here day one in 2023. So it's powerful and relevant and available. With the heart man believes resulting in righteousness, with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. There's no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all. I love this. Abounding in riches for all who call upon Him. Abounding in riches for all who call upon Him. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then shall they call upon Him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in Him whom they've not heard? In Him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Just as it's written, how beautiful are the feet. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. However, they did not all heed the glad tidings. Hey, the eureka of the gospel, I have found it. The good news. Not everyone wanted the good news. Not everyone heeded the glad tidings. Jeff read about one earlier in Matthew chapter 2. Was he happy about the new king? No. He wanted to kill the new king. 
However, they did not all heed the glad tidings, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Faith comes through hearing, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. We'll stop there. That's, that's quite enough. Father, thank you for the nearness of you, salvation, transformation, sustaining. Lord, it's all available daily, moment by moment. From you, through your word. If we don't get anything else from today, it's, it's that you're available in, in, in the word and, and in believing and hearing and responding to the word. So do that through us as I preach, but then also may we take that with us as we go. What a wonderful gift you've given us in Christ and the gospel and all that is and all that salvation is. Lord, it's all of you, all of your grace. May we... Respond appropriately to this gift this morning as we meet. And as we meet, thank you that your promise is that where two or more are gathered in your name, Lord, you're near, you're here, you're present. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we're, we're just coming out of the season, quote, of, of giving. And I want to warn us against making two mistakes in relationship to gifts. Because my big theme here is the, the nearness of the gift of God's grace. Listen, we made a couple of mistakes regarding gifts this Christmas season. I mean, we all loaded up frantically in Franklin and headed to my wife's mother's, my mother-in-law's Christmas in LaGrange. We all got out of the car. It's actually two vehicles now that our family's a little bit larger. We've added a daughter. And we're all there, and we get out our food, we get out everything, we open the trunk, and up, oh, no gifts. We got there, but we forgot the gifts. So yours truly gets a command, you're going to have to drive back to Franklin and get the gifts. Hey, don't throw me in that briar patch, I'm glad to be by myself driving back to Franklin. So anyway, my wife's not here, so I got away with that one. So I leave the in-laws Christmas, come to Franklin, load up the gifts. I drive them back to LaGrange. I've spent an hour and 15 minutes extra. When I get there, they've already started opening their gifts. So I'm late to the gift giving, but I'm bringing my gifts. And immediately three small children's gifts are placed in my hand, and they are three battery-powered scorpion toys, these little remote control things. Pretty cheap, but fun if you can get them to work. The only problem, we couldn't get the batteries in there. They had been designed so gnarly that you couldn't get those, you, you couldn't get the screws out. So we fought and we fought and we fought. And so, two things. Forgetting your gift, and then having a gift but not being able to operate it. Or not being able to use it. Or not being able to enjoy it. Now, I use that as an illustration to say that you and I live daily with the, the possibility of both having and enjoying the greatest gift of ever, which is a personal walk with God through God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But if you're like me, you live day to day with so many diversions and so many distractions that, that you forget about the gift, which is why he says, do this what, in remembrance of me. Or either if you're not forgetting it, you're just not accessing the nearness and the power 
as often and as deeply and as consistently as we should. So, so that's, that's where Romans 10 comes in for us personally. Because I hear God calling us. He, he's telling us, heed the glad tidings. Not just during Christmas season, but throughout the year, we are to live in the hope, the peace, the love, and the joy that we've, that we've talked about and that we've sung about and that we've enjoyed. But how does that gift become operable, operational, where I am 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and we've got all these issues that we talked about last week, about the brokenness and the fall and the difficulty of life, the sweat, and the, we're not going to go back into that. But I'm going to sum it up because i got a lot in my mind. I told Randy, I'm not teaching on Wednesday nights the last few weeks, not preaching on Sunday. So, you know, i got to give it all to the Sunday morning group. <laughs> but I'm going to give you three words that I think are crucial to remind us of the nearness of the gift. Listen, listen. The one thing here, the Word puts the gift near us, right? The, he says, look... None of you are ever going to be able to climb up to heaven to bring it down. That's why God came down in Christ. It's because there's nothing you could do to climb any ladder of morality or law. To, you can't go up there. And none of us can bring people up from the dead. You couldn't bring Christ up from the dead. But what is Paul saying? The gospel is the message that God came down to us up close and near and personal. And then God raised Jesus up. From, what a remarkable passage this is. He came down and he's come up. So, so now he's here. He's here. And he's here in his word even as I'm preaching it. That's, that's what's so important about the sacredness of these moments. So let me get back to the three words. <laughs> Awareness. Surrender and sacrifice. God calls us to self-awareness, self-surrender, and self-sacrifice. Thus, my commentary on Romans chapter 10, so that you and I can truly enjoy the gift that is the nearness of God on a daily basis through His Word, through circumstances, through interactions, through all that takes place around us, seeing everything is coming from God and as for God and as through God is a whole new way of living. But it's very possible and very real and, and, and current because God, because God is that us. He's here and He's not silent and He's working. And if you and I will do some self-awareness, some self-examination, and if we'll surrender to it, and then if we'll act on it with the daily choices and sacrifices that we're called to make, then the, the nearness of the gift will become, it will become enjoyable and powerful. Uh, it, it's not a shortcut. It's, it's a daily walk, a daily cross. But, but it is truly, um, well, before I sum the sermon up, let's kind of get into it a little bit. Let me show you where I get this self-awareness. God calls us to self-awareness. So, so Paul is addressing a group of people who they think they can do it on their own. They have said to themselves, well, I'm not going to subject myself to God and His ways of righteousness. 
That's one of the most telling statements in chapter 10. I've got this bracketed in red ink. They did not subject themselves to. Well, that's just pride. That's just arrogance. That's just stubbornness. And it's spiritual stupidity. Because they do not know themselves well enough that they could never climb up to heaven. They can never be smart enough or cute enough or wealthy enough or whatever enough to make it on their own. It, which, and that's why Paul says, verse 3, they are seeking to establish their own what? Righteousness. And Paul is saying, you do not know who you are. You do not know how sinful and fallen and wretched you are. We have no righteousness on our own. Now, the whole book of Romans is about this. In fact, most of Paul's letters are about this. Paul thought he had it, man. He thought he was religious enough, moral enough, good enough, studied enough, together enough. But he met the risen Christ up close and near on the road to Damascus. And it made him call his own righteousness what? Dung. So at the turn of the year, i got to move on. There's a lot here. Are you assessing your life correctly? Do you know yourself? Are you looking into the mirror of the Word? And, and, and rather than me reading it, it reads me. And showing me where in my life my flaws my sinfulness, my selfishness. And see, it, it's that self-awareness that comes from the gospel and its holiness and its grace and it exposes who I am and shows me who I am that, that apart from Him I can do absolutely nothing. That, that I have nothing in my hand that I could bring. That I am sinful, that I am needy, that I, that I, Paul said, that, that wretched man that I am, who shall save me from the, the body of this death? That I have no righteousness in and of myself. It creates in me, it should, a, a humility and yet a dignity that says, yeah, I have nothing in and of myself, but God is still calling. God is still addressing me. He's like us. He, he, he knows and has experienced good and evil. But there's still a law. There's still a word. There's still this, this dignity. Who are we? What is our self-assessment in its correct form? More sinful than we ever imagined. And the word will show us that. But there's... There's still something there that has meaning and dignity and, and hope. So a self-awareness that would lead to humility and, and dignity. That, that comes through reading the Word. That comes through being humble uh, through circumstances and, and around other people. Allowing other people to speak into your life. There's a lot of ways that God helps us in our self-awareness but the most important way is God has come down in Christ and God comes near in his word to show us where we really are 
and who we really are. Because before you can get to where you need to be, you have to know correctly who and where you are now. Like those maps in the old malls, you are here. That's the starting point. There's none righteous, no, not one. That all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Basic gospel stuff. All right, then the second one. So first there's this self-awareness. And that's something that we don't just do initially at salvation, but it's something that you and I are called to do daily, partly because of what number two is, self-surrender. Here it is, faith. Forsaking all, I trust Him. Faith. Casting yourself totally and completely upon the finished work of Christ and receiving that finished work as the gift of righteousness to you. That's why he says, all who call. What is a call? A call is, I give up. A call is, Lord, help me. A call is the thief on the cross, knowing that there's nothing that he can do except look to Christ and say in faith, Lord, remember me. In Romans chapter 10, there's all of this surrender. Rather than not subjecting themselves to God and his way of righteousness through the gospel, what should they do? Surrender. Now, this is an attitude issue, and it's something that you and I need breaking and working on Every single day, because by nature, that's not our natural bent. My natural bent is not to say, okay, you teach me, you show me, I'll shut up, I give up, I surrender. What has to happen to bring us to that point? Well, sometimes God has to wreck our lives. Sometimes God has to bless our lives with amazing gifts for us to finally see the gift of His grace. But either way, God takes us from this awareness, ah, this is who I am, to this surrender, Lord, here's my life. You're you're Isaiah in in chapter 6. Here I am, Lord, send me. And that surrendered attitude is something that you and I are called to maintain on a regular basis. One of my Christmas illustrations that I keep going back to time and time again is, is what I've heard about the church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. That, that the, the visitors to, I've never been to the Holy Land, never been to Bethlehem, but Bethlehem is near to us, alright, I'll leave that with you. But they say that those who visit that tourist attraction so to speak, the church of the nativity, that to get back there at the place where they've designated as the traditional place of the birth of Christ, that you can't go in there standing up. But you have to get down almost on your knees to go in there to really see that place. And that's true spiritually as well, that before we can ever really begin to access regularly, it is this daily humility, this daily surrender that we are called to, that's in the Bible from beginning to end, that helps us not miss the nearness of the gospel and the nearness of God in His Word and the nearness of God through the difficult and daily circumstances of of life. And then there's the last word, sacrifice. 
a daily, self, daily sacrifice, a, a self-sacrifice. Now, I'll be honest, I had the whole book of Romans on my mind when I prepared this, which is impossible. But I think where Paul really wants to take us in this book, if you turn just a page, maybe two, let's do a little interactive work here. Let's see how this begins to take shape in a real practical way in daily discipleship. You spending personal time opening and reading and going through the pages of the Bible. That's the nuts and bolts of this. And if you'll do that every day, God's Word will work in your heart, in your mind, in your life. So the culmination here is this doxology, this worship. Paul has taken us through the gospel. We've gone through that journey that God has done for us, what we could never do on our own. He demonstrated his love for us. In 33 through 36, he just breaks out in praise and worship, and he tells us how to live. In 2023, if that's the year we're in, this is where we are supposed to be. Now, it takes awareness, and then it takes surrender. But once you're aware, and once you're surrendered, and you're all in, again, then he, he, this is where we end up. This is the only place to end up, because you're out of the picture. Oh, the, look at Romans eleven thirty three. 33. Are you there with me? Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How unfathomable his ways. So now he's forgotten about himself, and he's totally focused on God. He's, he's worshiping and honoring and glorifying God. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who could become his counselor? Who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? Man, and this is where I wanted us to be this morning to see 2023 through this perspective. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Man, he's opened up the gift. He's looked at it and he said, thank you, God. Praise you. I worship you. This is incredible. What you have done from you, through you, and to you are all things. All things. Kyle says about Barb at Grady, I'll give you an update at the end of the service. Don't let me forget. She's holding her own. That's pretty much the update. She's continuing to progress. But he says some, he has some insight during difficult times. Kyle is, is street smart spiritually. I come up here and preach. Kyle comes up here and gives two sentences on what I just preached, and I think that makes more sense than what I just said in 40 minutes. It's insight. Kyle says, you know, he says, I realize God's all I got. God put my mom and daddy together, and that brought me here. I'm here just because of Jesus. And if I'm here just because of God and Jesus, then that means in this circumstance right here, he's here. He's in control. Whatever happens to Barb, if she makes it, if she doesn't, he's all I've got. He's all that there is, and he's all that I need. He was, he was preaching to me, Romans eleven thirty six 36, that from him and through him to him are all things. He's got the awareness of that gift of God's nearness and His sovereignty and His goodness and His grace in this particular moment in life. Now, you and I do not know what's coming in 2023. Our life is brief 
It's uncertain, and all of us are going to die. How are we going to live on a daily basis right here? We're going to become self-aware as people preach to us and talk to us and we listen. And then we're going to surrender and we're going to say, okay, I'm ready. Now, the last point is about acting. It's about self-sacrifice. What are we going to do? Romans 12, 1 then. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy what? Sacrifice. I become aware and I'm surrendered. Now tell me what to do. Give your life away. Become a living sacrifice. What does that mean? I'm about to tell you what it means. But I want you to know that you are to present your body, all that you are and all that you have, as a living and holy sacrifice so to be acceptable to God. That's how you serve Him spiritually, and that's what makes sense in light of the gospel. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, and that is what's going to be good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, I know, I hear you're saying for me to live it out and to sacrifice myself. Tell me what that means on a street-level spiritual basis. Well, what I wanted to do at this point in the service is go and read verse 3 through verse 21. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you to go do that. And what 3 through 21 is going to tell you is what a self-sacrificing life of worship looks like. It's the nuts and bolts. It's the preacher tell me what to do kind of stuff. But here's the point. I could stand up here and I could make it practical and relevant for me. But you're in a different circumstance than me on a daily basis. But what he does say in this chapter is he says, Whatever gifts and talents you have, you put them to use. You have sense enough spiritually to be self-aware and know what you're good at, what you're not good at, and you, you go and do that. Hey, don't ever think too highly of yourself, but stay low. He's going to say things like, associate with the lowly. Don't look for the important people. Hey, go wherever there are lowly, hurting people. And don't ever take revenge on your own. If you get hurt a thousand times, never ever take your own revenge. But trust God and heap burning coals on your enemies and love them. Listen, I'm already kind of working it out for you. But hey, that's what's there. And I think one of our biggest problems is that we don't know our Bibles. We don't know what discipleship means because we haven't read the particulars. And so here I am week after week preaching the gospel, and you're asking yourself, but yeah, but tell me what to do on Monday. Well, the reason I preach the gospel every week is so that it will grab your heart and give you awareness and grab your heart and then give you surrender. And then from that awareness and surrender, you'll look in here to say, okay, now what do I do? Out of a sense of desperation... You go to the Lord, and He tells you right here in His Word. So I'm going to close with that. Now, normally, on this Sunday of the year, I preach a sermon on the wise men. <laughs> I've done it almost every year of my ministry because I think it makes a good culmination to how to respond to Jesus. Hey, my closing illustration is that the Magi that Jeff read about, they 
demonstrate in their journey an illustration of exactly everything that I've just preached. God makes them self-aware by initiating to them a message in a supernatural event. It wakes them up and they say, whoa, (laughs) there's something bigger going on here. They, they then, with that awareness, surrender to it. They do what? Man, they leave wherever they are. And they go, and they take a journey. And they start seeking it, and lo, they start asking questions. So their awareness and their surrender gives them a hunger, and, and, they, 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 and then when they get there, when they finally get there, what do they do? They give their gifts. And their gifts are sacrificial and meaningful and foreshadow Jesus. They don't have to make the trip back to Franklin to get the gifts. They were smart enough to bring the gifts with them. (laughs) And present them right there. And then they go back home, having worn by God another way. You know what I need? You know what you need? A good dose of self-awareness. We need to wave the white flag of surrender every day. Lord, I, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I'm the chief of sinners, and don't ever let me forget it. And then I need to be a living sacrifice and present my gold, my frankincense, my myrrh, in a practical, helpful, real way and seek God's word and his guidance on how to do that. And, and you and I will be traveling the the road of, of wisdom in, in, in 2023. Uh, but you've got to start with him. And thankfully, he's here and he's working. Father, thank you for our word today from Romans chapter 10 and Genesis chapter 3 and Romans chapter 12. Lord, I, I know I've, I've kind of been all over the place, but uh, it's because you're, 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 throughout, you're throughout your word. There's, there's no place we can turn no place we can go that you're not uh, if we will listen, if we will seek, if we will sacrifice in those seemingly small ways that don't seem to be hugely important, but, but just a, a daily giving of ourselves to, to what you've called us to be and do. And Lord, for that, we need your grace. We need forgiveness. We need uh, empowering. And, and, and thankfully, Lord, you've promised to do it all. What a joy to gather on this first day of the year. And now as we sing this last song of invitation, may we see that as an opportunity to do spiritual assessment, to take some spiritual inventory of where we are and respond to you accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and preach. Sing, actually, as the deacon.
Amen. Two quick items. Don't forget the offering all month for missions. Uh, Lottie Moon. Annie Armstrong is Easter. Lottie Moon is Christmas. We're going to do that through the month of, of January to support missionaries sharing the gospel. Um, also, I want to give a personal thank you on behalf of our church to Mr. Randy and all those who helped uh, put new lights here and in the other building. Uh, I've gotten word that the lights are incredibly working well and have, have, have made a difference already. So thank you, Mr. Randy, uh, for all that you do throughout the year. We can't thank you enough. But, but there are others, and Miss Lois Sutton has a question or an announcement. Well, since I don't bring any food to that but show up, we better let somebody else say that. I know the announcement said maybe the 10th. Have we set a time? So not this Tuesday, but maybe the next Tuesday, the Tuesday lunch will start back up. Uh, food pantries open 9 to 12, 9 to noon every Tuesday. We usually have a lunch after just a potluck fellowship meal if you ever want to join us. Uh, but that won't start probably until the 10th. That's what she's asking about for those of you who don't know. Hey, take this time. You're off to a good start. You're in, you're in church, right? And we've been worshiping and singing and hearing the Word. Now, there are a lot of things that go on through the life of our church, not just here but in Carrollton. There are studies, and you, know, you can sing at the nurse. There's a lot that you can do. If you're looking for, as we should be, more ways to serve, Hey, ask Bryson, ask me, ask Crystal, ask... There are a lot of ways to, to, to do what I was talking about, to give your life away toward the things that really make, make a difference in the lives of other people for the gospel. And I, I don't know that we uh, promote all that stuff as regularly as we probably should, but hey, if you just... You may come with this question, hey, what can I do? What can I do to serve and give through this year? I know a lot of people use the turn of the year as a self-analysis and and changes, which is great, which we, we need that help of the turn of the calendar to do that. So if you're looking for somewhere to serve, this is your invitation to ask the question, what can, what can I do? So there's always something you can do, if not connected to us, somewhere in the world for the gospel. So I think that's enough of me. Uh, Catherine, if there's something else... Well, yeah, I was just going to say, Barb's holding her own. She's making the, the steady progress needed. So she was having seizures, and she's been at Grady uh, over a week already. I mean, a very serious initial start. They couldn't figure out where the seizures were coming from or why they were there. So they found a way to, to slow those down and, and, and maybe to pre prevent them, but they've got to now take her off of sedation. She's been very heavily sedated, and she's been intubated with, with something breathing for her. So they're trying to time it where they can take that off. And, and they're close. In fact, Kyle thought yesterday that they may try that. But, hey, she's at Grady full. Kyle is in and out of Grady. She's really impressed with the doctors and nurses from Emory that are working at Grady. Whole nother subject. But let's continue to pray for her. She's getting top-notch care. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of what I wanted to say. And Kyle's very grateful for the prayers. Anything you can do for Kyle, do it. All right, he, he, needs, he needs his church family right now. So praying is number one. Let's sing the doxology together.
great week.